Gear up as Cash Miller and the team of accomplished guests steer you on an enlightening voyage filled with valuable tips, fresh insights, and effective strategies. Welcome to Marketing Masters, the Agency Power Show. Hello everyone, this is Cash Miller. I'm the host of Marketing Masters and CEO of Titan Digital. Today I've got with me Sarah Hansen. We're gonna be talking about full funnels. You know, funnel marketing has been something that's really like, for the last few years become a bit of a buzz. You know, on putting people through customer journeys and stuff. You know, Sarah, she's with your marketing team. Sarah, it's great to have you on. You are an expert in this. So, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself before we get going. Yeah, so it's great to be here. Thanks for having me on the show. Um, like you said, I'm the owner of Your Marketing Team, which is a digital marketing agency that does focus on what I call the full funnel effect. So creating you know, robust marketing strategies that help nurture a prospect from the first touch with your brand all the way through to making a purchase for um, a product or service that you're promoting online. So we focus on things like social media, email marketing, SEO, blogging, online events, all of the fun stuff. Okay, so I want to get started, you know, so that everybody's, you know, on the same page. I want to talk about that journey. You know, what does from the very beginnings, from the top of the funnel all to all the way to the bottom, what can you like describe to us each part of the funnel, you know, that, you know, we're taking customers or potential customers through so that, you know, everybody understands, you know, all the different working parts. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So as you know, funnels can be very complex and they can be really simplified. So because this is a lot of people's first entry point, I will do the simplified version. So the first touch that someone has with your brand will be in the brand awareness phase. And I like to work with what I call a funnel framework and have three main parts that coordinate with the brand awareness phase, the engagement phase, and the sales phase of a funnel. So with the first touch, usually this is you um, promoting something really small or something that's a great free resource like a freebie um, and you can be promoting this on social media you can be promoting it through email marketing you can be promoting it um, just in any way that's organic and you know is a way that people are coming across your platform it could also be on YouTube um, and then from there you this person will come into your funnel so they might follow you on social media they might you know if they signed up for your freebie, join your email list, and you'll spend a good amount of time engaging with this person, educating them on who you are, what you do, what you provide, but also providing a ton of value, a ton of free resources, education into um, the topics that you cover, and really just proving yourself as the expert in your area. Um, and so once you kind of build this trust with someone, you can start directing them towards um, what I usually suggest for people would be like an online event, whether that be a free masterclass or a webinar or a Facebook group challenge, email list challenge, anywhere where you can start to work with someone in a smaller group um, or on a more personal basis and provide even more value in that capacity. Um, just again, to prove over and over again that 
you know, they should work with you. And then the goal from there is to keep engaging with them, whether that be retargeting um, through messaging DMS in a more, again, personal capacity and nurture someone through to the sales part of the funnel, which would be at the end. <laughs> so, okay. So, okay. So, you know, kind of based on um, some of the things you mentioned, what kind of industries are like best suited? Because it doesn't sound like everybody's going to be able to take advantage mm-hmm. of, you know, doing funnels. And uh, we often run into people that they ask us about, I'm like, yeah, it's not really going to work for you based on what you do. I know you work with a lot of business coaches and those types of people. Yes. But what kind of industries in your experience are they like good for and, and who's really not going to be a fit? So I really think that these types of funnels are a perfect match for anyone who has a personal brand. And within this personal brand, they're promoting things like digital products. So whether it be a course or a mastermind, um, or sorry, those are digital services and also digital products like eBooks or, um, anything like that. And that's because, uh, these types of funnels really require one, a lot of FaceTime because you're trying to nurture those personal relationships. Um, and also since you're trying to promote a digital product or service, things like freebies, things like, uh, webinars, those are going to do a better job at nurturing people through to whatever that digital product or service is. So if you're like, you know, not a personal brand, if you are, um, maybe a bit more B2B, uh, this specific funnel might not be for you. Um, well, it would, you know, you mentioned personal brands. Now, I can see some openings for larger companies, but it really does depend on what you do, you know, yeah. or and not necessarily larger, but just um, individual companies because it's really, you know, because you mentioned it takes a lot of information. You're trying to educate, you know, the people that you're bringing into the funnel. So, I can see room for, you know, let's say business coaches, yes, but basically industries that are very information heavy. So education, mm-hmm. period, if that's like what you do, you yeah. know, so I can see room for definitely different types of educational organizations. Um, I could see room probably for nonprofits, you mm-hmm. know, in there because they're, you know, to eventually build up like donors and stuff like that. And you're educating about issues potentially. Yeah. Um, you know, so there's a, there's a lot of room. It's not going to be something, you know, that's suited for like service businesses or anything. But if you naturally b- create a lot of educational content about yes. what you do, your industry, you know, causes, things like that, it yeah. can really work. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. And also it really just depends what that final product or service or promotion you're trying to get to is. Um, because if it makes sense to, you know, build this kind of digital funnel up to this, then it can be possible. Um, but like you said, it does require a lot of educational content. And I also suggest having at least, even if you are a larger company or organization, having at least one or two familiar faces to be showing up a lot in your content, because that's going to help with building the trust, the like no trust that people need and want to continue to learn from you. Yeah, so a lot of businesses on that note would be like if you're the founder of the company, CEO, something like that, that's often good because you you have to watch, you know, if an employee left the organization or something, now suddenly you lose that trusted face. I remember, um, I can't think of his last name, Google for years, and it wasn't uh, about funnels, but um, for SEO and stuff, they had this guy, I remember his first name was Matt. 
and he would put out all the uh, Google updates and stuff like that. And he really became known with the, you know, with Google because he was like almost the face of the business for a long time. And and granted, you know, the CEOs and stuff, you know, they weren't going to be worried about doing that. But they had built him up so much that it was very noticeable when he was suddenly gone. He actually, I think I heard he went to work for some DC based corporate, you know, lobbying yeah. or something. I don't know, um, but. You know, he had become that face for years, and when he disappeared, it was, you know, very noticeable. So, you know, when you're considering um, going, the, you know, testing this as a uh, marketing avenue, you have to be aware that, you know, somebody should be the face of it. Mm-hmm. It's probably preferable that it's a founder or something, but... yes. No, preferable, they, you know. yeah, preferable, and that's where it gets tricky sometimes with a large organization because a lot of uh, founders or CEOs, they're one, they're busy, but also maybe they don't want to be, you know, making a bunch of video content yeah. or anything like that. So, well, as an agency, we've done a lot of um, video content over the years for people doing like a, a promotional on about videos and things like that. And I will tell you firsthand, some of them are horrible. Like you, you know, it's like you're your best spoke spokesperson but getting them in front of a camera they freeze up they don't know what to say it's tough you know so you know if you're not good with that yeah the best thing you can do with video content if you're hesitant about it is to just start making it um i always tell people like you're not going live so if you mess up it's okay and if you never post it it's also okay like just getting comfortable in front of the camera is really important Uh, yeah i do a lot of public speaking and i grew up not being a good public speaker and stuff. And so, you know, industry events and things like that. And I got better as I practice, you know, as I did it more. So you can build a comfort level to be mm-hmm. that spokesperson, be in front of everybody and know that you're, you know, I think in the back of the, of your mind, you have to, you have to always remember you're the expert in the room, you know, so you're the expert on the camera. You're the expert in front of everybody. You're going to speak really well to it and it should uh, provide a comfort zone. Yeah, I always remind people that they're the expert and I always remind people that they are their biggest critic. Mm. So you're going to notice all of your flaws and all of your, you know, quirks and all of that. Um, But to build on the point that you are the expert, um, you don't what what I see people do a lot with their video content is they will overshare sometimes too much, like in a reel or in a YouTube short or in a TikTok video, and it'll go on on and on. And as we know, with video content like this, it needs to be a bit shorter. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm like, you think that you're not giving away enough, but really like the first point that you make is you can stretch on that for longer, or you can just use that and then, you know, do a series. So sometimes as experts, we tend to (laughs) go on and on about things. Um, But even the smallest nugget of info is a lot to your, your audience. Yeah. So the, so the first like takeaway is that you have to be prepared to create content and it's best if you know you're a founder you know the ceo whatever that you can potentially put yourself out there maybe you have somebody else that's really trusted on your team that you know has been with you a long time and would make you know even they might be a better spokesperson for the company Mm -hmm. but know that you know you're going to need a face you know no matter what now as you're going down the funnel, you know, and we're talking about, okay, so you started with social media. Now maybe we're getting you on email lists. Like how long can some, can the, uh, I guess, sales cycle be when you're using funnels? Let's talk that for a second. 
Um, it depends on if you are solely focusing on an organic strategy and if you are going to use paid advertising. Obviously, an organic strategy is going to take longer because it's just going to take more touch, more content to build up that relationship mm -hmm. with someone. So honestly, the brand awareness phase, depending on how much content you're producing, how many platforms you're on, I think could be like between like, let's say three months. Um, and then, you know, once we're not the brand awareness phase, sorry, uh, the brand awareness phase is more like a month six weeks, but then the engagement phase is really like the part that takes the longest um, because it takes a lot to get someone from meeting your brand to if they're going to purchase from your brand and yeah. it takes a lot of uh, building trust. So that's why that engagement phase is so long. And I would say the engagement phase could be anywhere from three months to a year, maybe even beyond sometimes. Um, that's why it's always so important to, if you're doing organic, to have a frequent posting schedule, to be making multiple touches with people, to make sure that they're following you on social. Oops, sorry. <laughs> to make sure that they're following you on social, um, but also on your email list, just because the more you can get in touch with them, the more you can make those touches with them, the better. So, you know, using funnels, um, you know, it's a long-term play. It's not something that's going to provide an immediate return, but over time, you, you know, the funnel... The people at the different stages, the, the number of people will grow larger and larger. You build up brand awareness, so the top of the funnel becomes a larger number of people. Mm -hmm. And then the ones that are into the next stage, which might be putting them on an email list, Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that you can continually touch, you know, on them becomes a net, you know, that gets yeah. larger over time, your email list gets bigger. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, go into like, so we get past the, you know, that stage. Now we get into the next one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, are we talking, okay, we ready to buy? Yeah, like, because the nurturing stage can, can have multiple aspects to it. Yeah, I expect so the types of funnels that we focus on and then getting people from that nurture stage to sales interest, um, the best way we found to kind of ignite that uh, that move is through doing some sort of online events. Okay. Um, if you're an online based business, um, so hosting some sort of exclusive webinar with you know, maybe a trend, a topic that you found is trending among, amongst your audience the past few months. So they're more interested to sign up, maybe doing like an exclusive Facebook challenge. That's like two weeks long where you can, uh, kind of connect with them on a one-on-one -on -one base. And then at the end of the event is where your pitch is, um, for whatever product service you're launching. So let's say that you're doing, like you're launching a new mastermind group. Um, and so you had, you know, a two week Facebook challenge to get there. And at the end of it, you let people know, Hey, if you sign up, um, within the next four days for this new mastermind group, um, you will get this discount. Um, if you don't sign up by that date, it'll, you know, hike up to this next price, but you'll only be able to sign to register, you know, by the 
end of the next two weeks. So it's kind of like you have your pitch and then you create, you know, like a sense of urgency. You provide, you know, an exclusive discount um, just to really entice people into whatever that product or service you're promoting is. So are sales incentives then, because that's what you're talking about there, are they a big aspect? You know, so if you're going to say, hey, we're going to use the funnel, at some point you need to consider what those incentives might be that a company is willing to offer? Yes. Yeah, I would definitely say that because, I mean, you one, like the sense of urgency is probably the biggest incentive because if you can only get it within the short window, that's going to push people to buy it more. And then if you add on like an even shorter window with a discount, that's going to get you even more people through the door. So that's huge. But then also like the remarketing and retargeting of the people that attended that event. So following up with emails every day, maybe it's calling them if you got their phone number, um, sliding into their DM saying, Hey, I'm happy you were here. Have you considered this? And even if you do paid advertising, um, retargeting with ads through um, pixel traffic, et cetera. Um, so the retargeting and the remarketing is is huge uh, in terms of making that sale. Yeah, I can see that. I was just thinking like with business coaches, you know, or anybody kind of along those since you used it, you know, mastermind groups as an example and such, I could see you do, you know, maybe some sort of a mastermind, like it's a preview, you know, and you invite people to the event, but then the offer, you know, is it's like, are you trying to land them for the mastermind or maybe one-on-one coaching sessions? Mm -hmm. And so what you do is you offer as the incentive, if you sign up for the webinar, you know, during they get an offer or something for a free 30 minute coaching session so that Mm -hmm. you can have a one-on-one conversation essentially with them and basically show what you're able to, you know, bring to the table if they were to hire you as a full-time coach. Yeah. And you also like a lot of, which I totally understand a lot of business owners, they don't want to be giving away a bunch of stuff for free because that takes time that takes money away from them. Sure. So thinking of incentives that you can add that are simple for you to add, but actually are providing immense value for your customer. Those are great incentives. So, um, like you said, uh, you could add like, I always add an initial one-on-one kickoff call if it's going to be a group because it doesn't take too much time for me. But also I I know that in that time, I can provide immense value to someone um, Mm -hmm. that would, they otherwise wouldn't have have. Um, And you can also, once you already have someone kind of going through the checkout process, you can also add like upsells and cross-sell incentives. So if you wanted to upsell someone and say, hey, like you can join this three-month mastermind group, but also for X amount more, you can get a weekly coaching call, like private coaching call with me to help you with it. So there's a lot of possibilities and ways to increase the sale um, just off of one customer too. Yeah. So you should be looking at like, what's your total offering, you know, Mm -hmm. that you can provide. And then sometimes it's like, you know, find things that maybe you wouldn't normally do, but Mm -hmm. can be value adds, you know, Mm -hmm. to it. Um, and then, you know, you said the, you know, go with the retargeting and stuff because you get a lot of people, you know, the beauty of retargeting ads, of course, following you around, but if you can get the uh, event, now you have, you know, you can build up people and you can use the retargeting ads as reminders, mm-hmm. you know, after the fact. And, you know, and you can change your email strategy, too, because you have, you know, people at a, 
higher up in the funnel that you're trying to get to such events, but now you've got people that you have had, you know, attend and such. So they get a different, you know, yeah, type of email. I, yeah. And that's like a key with the retargeting is really customizing your segments for your emails. So the people that attended the event, they can have a specific email series, people that maybe signed up for the event, but didn't attend it. Uh, they can have a specific series and on and on. Um, it can become a lot of content at once, but the beauty of funnels is that they can be automated and repeated. So once you've kind of figured out your special sauce, uh, you know, if maybe you're going to do the same launch six months from now, you have a bulk of your content already created and ready to go. So there are a lot of work up front, but can be very useful down the line. Yeah, the idea is, yeah, that while you do this up front, it's a repeatable system. So if you can automate a number of the stages, in which case, you know, from a, a time perspective, after you've got everything automated, you're just doing the things like, let's say, if it's a mastermind group or whatnot, it could be that you're not even involved because some, you know, some things are more giving them certain informational products, at, you know, kind of in the timely moment. And then you have mm -hmm. some offer that goes, you know, beyond it and such. And so there are certain things. It really depends on what you do as a business on mm -hmm. how involved, you know, you need to be. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I think just overall, like you said, the work is up, a lot of the work is up front and then later on it's just readjusting and, you know, adding and twerking, twerking, tweaking, adding and tweaking here and there uh, to adjust the strategy. All right. Let's talk, you know, so, you know, since we talked a little bit about, you know, retargeting and whatnot, um, once you've got somebody all the way through and, you know, cause I'm looking for the additional value beyond that they've made a purchase, you know, mm -hmm. cause if they haven't made a purchase, they're still in the funnel mm -hmm. and you're still dripping on them over time. But if they have made a, a purchase, you know, what kind of, you know, I guess retention strategies are you looking at? Cause just because they bought once, you know, and of course it's going to depend on what the business offers and whatnot, but you know, is there the possibility that you can, you know, keep them as a long-term, you know, customer? Yeah. So let's say we stay on the idea of a mastermind. Um, and it's like a three month mastermind container. Uh, I've seen, I've had some coaches where at the end of the mastermind container, they have an incentive to continue in their group, um, and just do a weekly mastermind, like kind of like hot seat coaching call. Um, mm -hmm. that way they keep them in the mastermind system. Um, but it's not like in their defined, you know, 12 week process. Cause they already just did that. Yeah. Um, you can also try to promote and upsell someone from a mastermind to just be a one-on-one -on -one coaching person. Um, you can, if a lot of times when you do a mastermind, a lot of reoccurring like popular topics and issues will come up. So that might inspire you to create your next product or service based on that. Um, and I would just, you know, have that ready by the time that that three month container wraps up. So then you can have a strategy for promoting that. Um, and a key thing is really just keeping people in your pocket. So even if they don't, you know, follow up and sign up for whatever that next program is touching base with them on a one-to-one -one, uh on like a one-to-one -one communication level so personal emails messaging etc um just to let them know you're you're like they're in your thoughts uh, if you're active on instagram or something responding to stories 
I think the key thing is just keeping conversation going with people, checking in on their business and just letting them know that you care about what they're working on. Let's talk for a second. If um, can this kind of marketing be used for like e-commerce businesses and such? Since you know, if you're still, you know, you're sending something out, so e-commerce is very similar to informational in that you're, the transactions online. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, what's do you have an approach for that? Yeah, I think it definitely can. I don't work a lot in e-commerce, but a lot of the principles are the same. Um, and e-commerce, I know works a lot more heavily in the remarketing and retargeting aspect. And that's where they make a lot of their sales. So I think that's going to be huge. Um, I, for e-commerce, like growing your email list, getting people on your email list ASAP. So probably with some sort of discount code, like we see on every website, we go on and buy things. Um, and then having ongoing engagement there. Um, And then when it comes to someone, you know, viewing a product and they didn't buy it, oh, you miss, like, you forgot this. Or, Mm -hmm. you know, people have things in their cart and they don't press purchase. So I think in e-commerce, it's a lot more heavily based on the remarketing and retargeting for sales. But the principles are the same. Well, I was just thinking, like, the top of the funnel, because a lot of e-commerce, you know, revolves around creating content. You know, Mm -hmm. it depends on the product. uh, But, you know, like... Um, it's been a while, but a long time ago, I worked with a uh, billiards company. You know, they sold okay. shuffle boards and pool tables, and they were all high-end things. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that we had to work with was content that was, uh, you know, related to actually playing the game, you know. Yeah. And so, you know, using that kind of content to drive top-level interest Mm-hmm. And then, you know, all the way down to where you might want their product because their product is constantly featured. It's sponsored by the company, you know, the, the, the um, you know, different videos and stuff. You see all of that coming from them. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm just thinking for like some high-end brands, especially if they had essentially influencers, you know, just people, you know, that are known. So if they sponsor, you know, it's kind of like sponsoring athletes, you know, they create a bunch of content around that with the idea yeah. of going all the way down. Yeah. Sorry. Something that's cool with, uh, that's something that e-commerce people can use. Um, so influencers are obviously a great place to start, but also just UGC content. Um, you can pay people whose job is to just make content of them using your product, talking Mm -hmm. about your product, promoting it. And it can look like influencer-esque. Um, and that performs really well too on your own pages, uh, in advertising. And a lot of the time it's a lot, it's a lot less expensive than some influencers. Obviously if you pay an influencer, it comes with the bonus of their audience, but sometimes it's just like that style of content performs well in general. So you can pay a UGC creator to make an influencer style content and use that in your marketing too, which is cool. Hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, especially, you know, product related, you know, stuff where you have something physical to work with, Mm -hmm. you know, that can be a really good way to go. And, you know, that lends itself to all the social media sites where of course all the influencers are and whatnot. And then it can, you know, make its way down that funnel, but it gives you that, you know, like they're more likely to be involved with products than they are with like informational resources and such. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. When you're putting together though, on the information side, you know, like, I guess what are some of the best things besides like doing, you know, 
information-wise that doesn't necessarily involve someone having to be on a camera or anything like that. So yeah. what are some of the best things that you've seen for conversion, you know, uh, to be offering? So I would say the best other types of conversion content that I see um, would be any sort of carousel post. Those do really well um, where you're kind of able to like do a storytelling type of content. So what I like to do is start with a bold statement that's maybe a little controversial or would maybe, you know, start a conversation and then swipe to explain more what that bold okay. statement is. And then at the end, there's a call to action, something for you to take. Um, these perform well on Instagram, but also right now really well on LinkedIn. Um, you've probably seen an increase in popularity of, you can upload a carousel as a PDF and it'll slide just like uh, an Instagram post. So those do really well. Um, and also the best place to sell, like if we're talking about Instagram, the best place to sell is actually in your stories, um, and in DMS. Uh, so because there's more opportunity for one-on-one -on -one interaction there, people can respond to a story, they can take a poll, etc. So yeah. there's more opportunity to open discussions. So you don't even have to put your face on a story. You can have like text on a screen. You could, if you like to make graphics, you can pre-prepare graphics or just throw up the background and talk about something. But um, that's actually where some of the best, at least click-through rates uh, come from on platforms like Instagram. Huh, that's good to know. Yeah. It's like, cause you know, with the different social media platforms, I mean, every one of them's got their, you know, little quirks, what works best on, you know, each one and such. Um, do you find, you know, because the platforms have become so visual and such, you know, do you find a lot of, you know, like say like the, the carousels, whatnot, um, visual content in general just performs best? Yes and no. So we used to see like in 2018, 2019, super visual, like a lot of graphic design put into the content, those posted okay. best. But we've actually seen it kind of reverse a bit into being a lot more casual with content. So people will type a carousel on their notes app and take screenshots huh. and post it. And those are performing well than a post that maybe has a lot of graphic design effort put into. And I think the idea is that it just feels a lot more personal, authentic, and real. And that's the trend that, uh, especially for personal brands. And that's the trend that a lot of social media content is going to. Hmm. So that's kind of an interesting thing to observe right now. Yeah. I'm wondering, is that really, is it, is it just what pe people are latching onto or is it also being, is the, I guess the algorithm of the platform kind of noticing, seeing the difference, you know, cause you know, algorithms, you know, the things that they can see and, and know, you know, quite substantial, you know, mm -hmm. especially with AI and stuff being integrated into them and everything. Yeah. You know, so do you think it's, you know, just because people are latching onto it or is it also being influenced on the back end? I don't know. I think it could be both. Like a lot of people are latching onto it and therefore the algorithm like sees that and pushes content like that because it's getting the most engagement. Um, also, I just think overall there's a movement culturally to not have everything be so posed and so perfect mm -hmm. and proper. 
Um, and that is now coming through even to business pages. So there could be a lot of things. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it makes sense because, yeah, I say we've had this, of course, tendency, you know, when social media, everything first came along, it was treated like a lot like traditional advertising. And, mm -hmm. you know, people um, want it to be more authentic. You know, they say they, they like to engage with brands, but it needs to come off as not being, you know, I guess posed the entire time, you know, where it's, yeah. you know, very specific and such. You want, you know, more natural, which the, the plus side of, you know, content being created that way is it's easier to create. It's faster to create. Definitely. And so you can do, you know, more, you know, a bit more volume to it as long as mm -hmm. you're doing it in such a way that it's like not turning people off. It's engaging constantly. Yeah. And something that I mean, I do with all of my clients and then with myself is obviously I constantly track what kind of posts are performing best. Mm -hmm. And time and time again, it's the more authentic ones. It's the in the moment photos or graphics or whatever. And so, yeah, I mean, my my own content creation process has become much simpler. There's like two or three templates that I know work really well with my audience that I've switch out my info in each week and send out and I know they're going to perform well. And so I think content creation can feel like a really daunting task to people who don't do content, but, yeah. um, just knowing that it, you actually don't have to be a graphic design expert or a storytelling sure. expert or anything to put out a post, um, should be reassuring for people. Yeah, I think that's good. So what would be your top takeaways, you know, of if you were, you know, Thinking about going this route, you wanted to test it, you know, where would you start, you know, and how would you put together, you know, basically a, a, a funnel plan? Yeah, so I would start obviously with wanting to fill the top of my funnel with as many people as possible that fit in my ideal audience. So I think a lot of people get stuck on thinking they have to have their whole funnel figured out before they even start posting or putting anything out there. And I would just focus on what my, you know, freebie offer is, create that, and then also create a strategy around promoting that and around just promoting myself on social media. Um, I would pick one to two platforms. You don't need to be on all of them. Yeah. <laughs> Get really good at one to two platforms and then also start promoting, um, just to sign up for my freebie to my email list. Um, and then start, you know, sending emails there because then once you figure out, okay, what's my nurture, um, offer going to be like my webinar, my, my Facebook group, like what's my, you know, final product and sale going to be like, once you, at least as long as you're like filling in that top of funnel, then you can kind of figure that out as you go, if you're just starting. Um, and that makes it just easier to start growing an audience so that when you do figure out those things, there's people there <laughs> to promote them to. Um, and it doesn't, you know, take so long to mm -hmm. get people through your doors. Yeah, you've got the top already, you know, begun, but you don't have to try to figure out every, at some point you have to figure out the additional pieces, but it's going to take a little bit of time to get to even the top to start yeah. building up anyway. Yeah. And sometimes like by growing that just initial audience, that gives you a lot of insight into what you should do for the rest of your mm -hmm. funnel, because you'll see what kind of content people react well to. You can do polls and questions and just do some like, yeah. you know, market research to figure out, okay, like I thought I wanted to do this, but maybe I should pivot to this and go in this direction for my funnel. So it could oh, be beneficial. That's, that's great. Um, yeah. 
I think, you know, I've enjoyed having you on because you, you've helped define, you know, funnels are one of those things. Every, it's been a buzzword for quite a while now, but it's not right for every business. And I think that's, you know, one of the things you've helped really define is what kind of businesses can benefit from such things and also, you know, which ones can't because I say it's, it, you know, everybody can kind of build up the audience at the top, but it's what you have at the bottom of the funnel that actually converts them into something, you know, a sale, you know, what does that actually look like? So who can benefit? Because, you know, I say everybody sold the top part of it and build your audience and everything. But if you don't have a, an, an appropriate offer at the end, it's going to be hard to convert yeah, anyone. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's going to be hard. So, you know, Sarah, how would people get a hold of you if they want to, you know, they want to bring in a funnel expert? Yeah. So I'll preface this by saying in my website, email and socials, marketing is shortened to MKTG. So my website is www.yourmktgteam.co. And my email is sarah at yourmktgteam.co. And my Instagram is at your MKTG team. <laughs> so there you go. I just had to shorten everything. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So yes, if you need a, a funnel expert, Sarah's got it down. And, you know, this has been a great episode. There's, you know, a ton of value that, you know, funnels can bring if you're the right type of business. But consider whether it's, you know, the type of marketing you want to do. If it is, it can really, you know, enhance what you're doing sales-wise. So my name is Cash Miller. I'm the CEO of Titan Digital, and I'm the host of Marketing Masters. It's been another great episode. Thank you for joining us. Thank and we you. we are done. Bye.